The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And guys, correct. It is 11.06. Welcome to it. Uh, we are here live once again on your Saturday morning. That's going to be a steamy one. It's going to be beautiful. Get out there and enjoy it and hydrate like crazy. And you can continue to enjoy it. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. That is the number to call in. You have some concerns with your uh, personal health. Give us a call. Let Dr. Lou talk to you. Bring it on. And that's uh, why we're here. The phone calls, the live phone calls are what makes the show. There is uh, questions. And we got some answers. 416-870-6400. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. The clinics are open, of course. They're helping people. They're servicing people. You want to reach out to pinpointhealth.ca to find one near you for a, a weed chat or a consultation with one of Dr. Lou's team anytime would be uh, advisable to do so if you're having some issues. But we're going to get into it here at, uh, what, seven minutes after 11 on Saturday morning, pal. What's uh, What's going on today? What's on your mind? What's going on today, John? It's another day. Um, you know, I think I think the way you're starting the show is is always my favorite way about uh, having people call in. Uh, I love interacting with the callers, um, seeing if there's any clarity I can provide. Sometimes I have to be pretty generic because I obviously can't diagnose people over um, the radio. But you know, I think a lot of the times. Uh, I think I even mentioned this last week is a lot of the times the things that you're experiencing are probably being experienced by thousands of other people listening. So it's it's usually a, a question that's applicable to more than just you and, and, and uh, having a little bit of clarity on some of the right steps um, could provide a, a, a big benefit towards your outcome, towards getting better, because I think that's everybody's goal when when you've got something going on is exactly, you know, what is it that I can do going forward to to take care of this. A lot of the things um, that will happen to people are are issues that are a result of, you know, sort of what they do in their day-to-day lives. I can think of this week, I was speaking with somebody who's actually an electrician um, and and they were talking about, you know, the work that they do and it creates the shoulder issue uh, that they have. and, And they can totally appreciate that, you know, when they're on weekends or vacations or things like that, they don't feel this issue whatsoever. But then when they're at work, they're doing what they have to do. It's inevitable. They, they sort of have to use their shoulder for what they're doing. And, and there's, there's issues there. And so we were able to look at this and look at, okay, well, here are some simple ways that you can modify. Here are some simple ways um, that you can take a break uh, at different points. And, and also here are some different exercises that you can do to strengthen your shoulder that will help you with that, those particular movements. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I followed up with them. Actually, this was a follow-up. Um, and they said that just those simple recommendations uh, around a lot of what they could do was helping tremendously. They, you know, at some point, if there was excessive overuse, there was still the sore shoulder, sure. but not the way that it used to be. And 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 that sort of really highlights, um, you know, I don't want to say the magic, but, you know, people always come to me thinking that I have, I've got some magic cure or something like that. And I don't. The closest thing that I have to magic is very good science. Uh, and with that good scientific evidence, good clinician experience, good outcomes that I've seen with other patients, I can make recommendations that oftentimes can make a big difference. And it's incredible how many people are very realistic in their expectations. Like, you know, to be completely cured, like the, working with this individual, 
he understood that the reality of his job meant that no matter what, this was never going to be something that was 100% gone. Uh, but what were some ways that he could manage it, make it more easy to live with so that he could finish his job, not go home, be in soreness? And we were able to do that. And, and, and that was a very realistic expectation, which is why, why one of the things that I go through with people in my initial uh, examination with them are what are your goals and expectations? What is it that you're actually looking for uh, out of this? And, and you know, some people will say, well, I, I want it to be completely gone and I never want to feel it again. Very few people say that. That's when I've sort of got, got to put on, you know, the reality hat and say, okay, that, that may not be realistic. Can we get it to a point where it's not affecting you day to day? You're able to manage it? Yeah, probably. And other people have very simple goals. Sometimes when I see people who are elderly in an example of, say, spinal stenosis, and you finish explaining to them that this is a progressive type of disease, it's not necessarily going to reverse. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there are ways that you can improve your mobility. And I say, like, you know, some of these people can barely walk 50 steps. Um, and, and that's the reality of their situation. And sometimes their goals are as simple as I just want to be able to move around my house pain free. And, you know, if I've got to go to the grocery store and pick up some stuff, you know, and those are more realistic expectations. So it's really important um, in that in that process that people go through what goals and expectations are uh, between the patient and the practitioner, the healthcare professional um, in, in order to really determine what the best approach is, and, and also to, to understand that there's got to be uh, a, a realistic expectation. There's got to be realistic goals, um, and you can, and then sometimes the goals can progress, right? Sometimes it's like, okay, well, we might be able to get there, but I think a, a better short-term goal is how do we increase your mobility, like if, yeah. if we're talking about pain, and, and that may not be the thing that you can target first. First, you might need to be targeting mobility, range of motion, and then eventually we can target Pain. So this is this is the beauty and the and really the art. Um, you know, I speak about the science, but there's also an art to having a conversation with a person, speaking with them, uh, and 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 realizing what those realistic goals and expectations are. And and that's something that I really pride myself in. What I try to do with all of the patients that I see is, is setting this up the right way, so that you know there's no false hope for anybody. That you know, and and most people that come to me. You know, they, a lot of people will bring their loved ones to me and they'll say, I, I brought, you know, my mom or my dad or my kid or whomever it may be for the very reason, because I've heard you on the radio and I know you sort of give a no BS type of approach to this and you're going to give it the way it sort of is. And, it, you know, obviously a respectful manner and, and, and whatnot. But I want to make sure that when I'm, I'm speaking to patients and even when people are calling into the show, I think anybody that's listened to the show over the years knows the way I interact with the callers is very much real talk. I, I try to give it as real as possible in terms of, um, you know, what I think the issues are, what may be going on, some of the things that can help. But that's really what people need. And, and you know, I get so many people that come see me and, and are hoping for, you know, some silver bullet or something like that. And, and I just always tell people, be careful if that's what someone is selling. Because if it existed, everyone would know about it um, for musculoskeletal pain. But it doesn't exist. A lot of this is really good management, good advice that will really empower you, the person dealing with it, to, to, to take care of yourself. Yeah, so I think people, and we've talked about this on the show as well many times, is they just don't want to put in the homework when it comes to doing a lot of these things. And I know you, you every time you have a consultation, meet with somebody, if it's something that you can fix and you know somebody in one of your clinics can take care of, there's also the, the onus on the person who's suffering to 
you know, put your nose to the grindstone and really do what is told and w- what is expected of you to get better. And I think that's that's more than half the battle is getting them to do the work on themselves, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's uh, there's there's multiple avenues when you're when you're undergoing care, right? In healthcare in general, this doesn't even just apply to the musculoskeletal care. In fact, it's sometimes easier to make to use examples that are non-MSK related. And if we use the example of heart disease, right? Now, of course, you're going to go see a cardiologist. They might have you on some medications. They may be doing some specialized procedures to monitor you, things like that. But a lot, a lot of the advice that the cardiologist is likely giving in those scenarios is lifestyle, and, and which includes diet and exercise and doing those things because, you know, you've got to take care of yourself. And, and it really is no different when you're dealing with, you know, something like back pain. The idea, the notion that you can go somewhere and that person is going to cure your back pain or get rid of it and you're not going to really have to do anything, that's wrong. That's not really what happens. It's, it's very, very much analogous to the example of the heart disease that I'm giving or if someone was diagnosed with diabetes or whatever it may be. Yes, there's a professional involved who has a specialized body of knowledge who can help uh, with some of the treatments, some of the recommendations, the progression of exercises, et cetera. But really what ends up being required very much is, is the patient's part in their recovery. The, pa- the patient has to be, you know, educated on what are the right things they should be doing, what are the wrong things that they should be avoiding, what are the exercises and different things that they could be doing to better themselves. Does diet play a role in this? Um, does their work have a role in this? Are there modifications? That's all stuff that the individual will have to take care of because the healthcare professional cannot be there with you at every single minute of every single day. All, th- all they can really do is use their expertise to help guide you through that path. And, and that's the reality of it. And you're absolutely right. When, when you're undergoing care for musculoskeletal injuries, aches and pains, it's not just as simple as relying on the person providing the care. There's also a component that falls back to the patient who is then going to in turn have to be responsible for the self-care, which arguably at a certain level, at a certain stage of of pain and injury is even more important than the uh, passive intervention that is being done by the the professional, the therapist, whomever it may be. And, and that that is very fundamental in managing these issues well. And we've talked about this, you know, tons of times with examples like low back pain and people who call and have chronic low back pain. Uh, Once you're dealing with something that's been going on for years, it really falls more to the patient. I I think I've mentioned that I work with a specialized uh, program for low back pain in, in Ontario through the ministry. And, you know, a lot of the people that I see that have chronic low back pain it's really, you know, modif- modifying their lives, educating them, giving them education, exercises, all of those things. That That's what's going to be the biggest help. And, and, you know, if you do it the right way, you follow the science, you follow the clinician experience. I've seen people who have come in in very, very rough shape. And once they're really ready to, you know, turn it on and make themselves responsible for, for their low back pain, the, the improvements and the outcomes are tremendous. And, and people just do amazing things once, once that finally clicks, once there's that realization of, okay, what is it that I have to do on my own? Yes, I have this guy, this professional, whomever it may be, who's giving me this advice, but what am I supposed to be doing every single day of my life so that I can make this better? And when people do that, uh, again, the outcomes are tremendous. 
Yeah, you're not going to have your driver and driving instructor beside you every day of the week. you got to learn how to take the wheel yourself eventually and, uh, and learn how to drive, right? We're going to take a, a short break. I had a phone call there. Dave, if you got disconnected, feel free to call back. It is uh, 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. you got pain concerns, something's going on with you, maybe calling on behalf of uh, someone else. That is fine. you got some time here on the Pinpoint Health Show. We'll continue on Global News Radio. Plenty of time, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, info at pinpointhealth.ca to reach out through email anytime. And I want to remind you to catch the Lou Down, the long-form podcast with Dr. Lou with a variety of topics, a uh, longer form to sit and learn some more stuff outside of this radio show and the phone call as well. Uh, we'll continue on here, pal. Which, uh, which direction you want to go? By the way, 416 870 6400 for any concerns you have for the remainder of the show feel free to call us and, and have a chat take it away Bill. yeah um so you know we we finished that first segment and we were talking about the the amount of responsibility that often falls on uh the patient in, in terms yep. of getting better and um you know i i know that people don't like hearing that and i and i know that i've you know had plenty of people in my office who sit there and i i can remember one case in particular where um, I don't remember exactly what the particular issue was, but I know that it was a lot of self-care um, was the answer. And, you know, I went through a ton of stuff that this person could be doing. And I remember at the end of it, you know, once I finished talking for, you know, however long I was talking for 20, 30 minutes, uh, you know, having a conversation with this person, you know, in summary, I, I basically said, so, you know, you, is everything clear? Um, and they looked at me and said, yeah, there's essentially nothing that can be done was what they got out of it. And, and I sort of and I, and I actually I remember I had a resident with me um, who sort of looked and was like, oh, my God. And, I, and, and you know, I sat there and I was like, OK, let, let's start again, because if that is your perception, um, then then maybe I haven't done a, as good of a job as I thought to get across what it is you could do. And, you know, I, I basically and and. and some people are just they, they they put on their their blinders when they want to put it on right so a lot and i that's not the only time i've ever heard that right there's a lot of times where once you tell people what they could be doing and because so much of it falls on what they need to do in terms of lifestyle exercise diet um you know modification of certain activities whatever it may be they hear that there's nothing that can be done that there's no pill there's no procedure uh that is the the answer and you know, I think that paradigm has to shift uh, again when it comes um, to to musculoskeletal care, when it comes to aches and pains. For again, for whatever reason, there's this uh, perception that it's different than other aspects of healthcare, and that's why so often I'll use other examples. You know, whether I'm talking about diabetes or something else, where I use those examples to really highlight because I think that has become more widely accepted to realize how much how much the patient has to play a role in their health in order to better themselves when they've got these other types of chronic lifestyle um, diseases. But for, again, whatever reason, when it comes to the musculoskeletal health, um, you know, there, there's this idea that uh, someone else out there should have, you know, some magical tool, pill, procedure, whatever it may be, that will, will be the be-all, end-all. And, and it's not. And, and, you know, one of the reasons why I really try to hammer this message week in and week out, I know there's, you know, tens of thousands of people that listen to this show. And, and I know sometimes I sound like a broken 
record saying the same thing, but I, I do genuinely believe that repetition um, is, is the mother of knowledge. And when people can really sit there, and I've had people who have come in and said, you know, I've listened to you for years, and I know that you say that I, you know, that it's got to fall on me to do it, and I, I'm ready to do that. I'm, I'm finally ready. And so, you know, that is why I, I hammer on this so much. I go over and over again uh, how much responsibility, because I think the more and more people hear it, at some point it just clicks where it's like, you know, I think this guy's right. I think, I think this is more something that I've got to deal with versus trying to rely on someone else to, to solve my issue. And it's not because someone else doesn't have the tools. It's because again, nobody can be with you. You just said it before we went on break, John, like your, your driving instructor isn't going to be there all of the time. You know, they've, they've got to instruct you so that that way you're learning what you could do when you have to be driving. And it's the same thing when we use our bodies, um, what are the things that you could be doing to strengthen, to stretch, to whatever it may be, whatever combination, depending on the issue we're talking about, um, in order to make yourself overall feel better? But in all honesty, I, I just think when people, when that thing finally clicks, when there's that light bulb that goes off that they realize that they've got to be doing something, that that is genuinely the closest thing to, to magic that happens, right? People always come in and, again, want this, these magic cures, and I always tell them that that's the closest thing that you're going to get to magic is. And, and, again, think about, you know, use another analogy. When people are, are in their weight loss journeys or anybody that's tried to lose weight, you know, and struggled over the years, most people that you talk to that finally achieve it, they'll tell you that there was just something that clicked in their mind where they realized, because so many people want the quick fix, right? Like, oh, is there a simple way? Like, you know, people all the time, oh, could acupuncture help you lose weight? It's like, well, not if you eat unhealthy and you don't exercise, right? Um, and gotcha. so people are always looking for these simpler tools or, you know, can I buy that shake and that will make me lose weight? And again, if you don't add in the fundamental basic principle of exercise and, and, and healthy diet, then no, you're not going to lose weight. But the minute someone has that click where they, where they realize, okay, no, this, this is just going to require my dedication to do the things that I know I need to do and that everyone says I need to do, that's most people that have achieved that, that type of weight loss journey or whatever uh, example of that, they'll tell you there was a moment that it clicked where, where they just became headstrong more than they became physically strong. And that's really a lot of the times the challenge in musculoskeletal health as well that I try to motivate patients in is right. you're dealing with a chronic issue at, at the point where you become headstrong, where it clicks and it's there. That's when really there's going to be the closest thing to magic happening. That's when you'll see drastic improvements and your outcome uh, overall will change and you'll just do so, so much better. 416-870-6400. James, thanks for hanging on for a couple minutes. Good morning. What is going on with you? Morning. Trying to call for my wife to get her some assistance. Okay. Um, she's had a problem with sciatica in the past, and she's had a sore ankle, and it sort of started mid, mid upper leg, and went down to her ankle, and goes up to her sort of uh, high high legs. And she's been to some people. She's had recently an X-ray and ultrasound done, but hasn't been read yet. Uh, so she's tried a number of things with some rehab clinics. But it really hasn't done anything, and she hasn't had any particular incident that created the problem. It just started sort of mid-ankle and then went down, or mid-leg and went down to her ankle and goes up to her sort of uh, lower butt. Now, does it does it feel like a nerve pain to her? Like you, you mentioned she ha she's had a history of sciatic pain, so she's yeah. sort of familiar with nerve pain. Is that what it feels like? I think so. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, again, this is this is the, the 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 most fundamental thing when I hear anything like this is not I don't start at what the treatment is. What I start at is well, what's the likely cause of what's going on? So, you know, even if we were certain that we said okay, it's sciatica. Sciatica is more of a clinical sign than it is a diagnosis. And simply because the fact that the question for a health professional like me becomes, well, what is causing the sciatica? Is it a tight muscle? Is it, you know, some type of bony changes, arthritic changes in the spine? Is it a disc bulge? Is it something else somewhere else? That That's the fundamental thing that you've got to look for first off is is what is causing the nerve pain. Uh, sometimes it could be peripheral entrapment. Sometimes nerve pain can be a result of other things. Uh, you know, diabetic neuropathy. How, how old is your wife? She is 50. And, and any other health concerns? No. No, otherwise healthy? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, and how long has this been going on for now? Uh, currently, it's been a couple of months. And you said she's been to some facilities. I guess the next thing that I'd want to know from her is overall, um, is she better, the same, or worse in, in comparison to when this all first started? Um, it's probably gotten a bit worse. Yeah, okay. Well, so see, this is the thing where you're getting worse. That anytime a patient gets worse, that's when you've got to, you know, go back to the reassessment where you've got to be able, as a, as a healthcare professional, say, okay, hang on, I, I might be on the wrong track here with what this is. Maybe there's even a deficiency in what they're doing, the rehab facilities. Maybe there's a deficiency in what your wife's supposed to be doing at home on her own. Like, you know, the, the thing that I tell people is you could be getting the best care in the world, uh, you know, but if there's something that's creating that symptom in your day-to-day life, you know, an example with people that have like muscular uh, pain as a result of sciatica, a lot of the times it's due to sitting and, you know, they might go to get treatment and they say, oh, I feel great. But the minute I'm, you know, back sitting all the time, you know, I, I get this. And it's like, well, then the next thing you've got to do is build breaks or change your, your workstation, whatever it may be. So there's a lot of things that I guess where I'm trying to go with this is, is you've got to pick at all these little things to determine where is there something missing. And once you can find the place that's missing and, and you know, what might be missing is the diagnosis is wrong. Maybe the plan of management is wrong, um, you know, and, and a couple of other things. And so once you can figure out, okay, where is the hole, where is the thing that's missing, then you can plug that hole and you can say, okay, you know, the diagnosis is wrong instead of it being this, it's actually probably more likely this. So here's what I want you to try for treatment and then all of a sudden people get better and I could tell you sciatica is one of those things that's notorious for this where uh, people think that all sciatica is a result of the same thing and so they do one standard protocol of treatment for it and not realizing that there's dozens of different things that can cause sciatic nerve pain um, and you've just oftentimes got the wrong diagnosis now again I don't know that for sure in your wife's case but that's where my head would start to go based on what you're saying right now Right, well, that's why we've been going to get an ultrasound and an X-ray to see if there's something else going on. Because she never really had an incident. Yeah, even the reliance on on simple imaging like X-ray and ultrasound is likely not going to reveal very much. Uh, right. Good clinical exams are far more important uh, for this type of stuff than something, especially like like a low-level imaging technique like X-ray or ultrasound. I mean. You know, I'm not really sure where they're ultrasounding uh, and for what. Um, X-ray, I would assume that they're probably going to X-ray the low back looking for degenerative changes. Um, your wife's 50, so she's going to have degenerative changes, right? And and the right. issue that happens there is 
people get a report, the doctor sees it, says, okay, it says mild to moderate degenerative changes. So that's the cause of your pain. And most of the time it's not, um, you know, everybody at 50 years old is going to have mild to moderate degenerative changes. Um, and to assess the, the actual, you know, canals, you'll need special type of imaging to see if it's actually uh, arthritic to the point where it's putting pressure on nerves. So in, in all honesty, I, I wouldn't be surprised if those two levels, low level imaging techniques don't actually provide that much more clarity. Right. Okay. Trying yeah. to, I guess, uh, exclude other things though. So yeah, potentially uh, it's yeah. Been going on I mean, so long. Trying yeah. to find something. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. You want to reach out to one eight five 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 Doctor Lou one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. Want to squeeze uh, Mike in here before we break? He's been waiting for a couple minutes. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, yes, um, I'm seventy four. Um, I suffer quite a bit of different arthritis pains, and I'm just also in the last year or so. Uh, I've had it in my fingers, you know, like the, uh, looks like there's no blood flow going into my fingers and I can't straighten them out, you know, and things like that. I'm just wondering what the, what's the idea of that, you know, any ideas on, on this? Well, if you're talking about blood flow, to me, there's sound, like, I would say that this sounds like a vascular issue, which you'd have to be seeing a vascular specialist for that. Um, that That is not necessarily something as simple as, muscle well not that muscle joints and nerves are simple but it's a different realm that can create uh pain and discomfort but um you know again the descriptor of 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 that you know this goes this is where something like doppler ultrasound uh looking at um the vessels might be important but uh, you know i i would say that if you're feeling that type of stuff and you think it seems to be vascular i would start with speaking with your family doctor and then getting a referral um, to some type of vascular doctor to, to assess further. Uh, I mean, prior to getting that, you'd probably need to get some ultrasound um, imaging done on different vascular structures to see if there's anything there. Uh-huh, okay. Alrighty. So that's about it, eh? That's about it. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. We got to let you go because I got to slide in a quick break here. And uh, it's just that simple. Make that phone call and uh, have a chat. Dr. Lou's here ready for the remainder of the show to uh, to take it. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. Reach out by email and we'll take a short break. More of the Pinpoint Health Show is on the way. This is Global News Radio. That is always a good first move while you're listening. Uh, you can call, indeed. we still got some uh, some time here this hour. Dr. Lou is ready to talk to you like we have our previous callers a few minutes ago, 416-870-6400, especially if it's something of the musculoskeletal nature, and then you want to make that phone call. I, it was interesting, you know, a, a call or two back, Dr. Lou, uh, where you mentioned that, you know, imaging x-rays, ultrasounds, MRIs. That is always, I don't know, because maybe because it's simply technology and people respect technology, but that is often, without proper advice, the go-to thing that people want. Well, let me, you know, I want to, uh, you know, you might say, I want to have a look at your knee and they'll physically you know, look at your knee and tell, no, no, I want to go for an MRI. It's going to tell me more. People automatically uh, default to imaging. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, so again, I think I'm going to focus on imaging when it, when we're talking about it in relation to musculoskeletal health because mm-hmm. that that's my bread and butter, my scope of practice yep. where I can definitely comment on the research. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, yeah, I think you're right. I think people, um, you know, there obviously there's the respect for technology. There's the idea that well, it can see so much more than you know some individual can see in their office. But again, anyone that 
works in this realm, chiropractors, physiotherapies, orthopedic surgeons, um, pain specialists, physiatrists, they, they will all tell you that a good clinical exam, and not, not only will they tell you, the research will tell you this too, where a good clinical exam, which is a combination of speaking to the patient and, and doing the detective work in combination with physical tests, um, you know, to, to stress and, and test different structures in, in the area that you're concerned about is often, you know, 99% of what you need. Anytime imaging is indicated, it's often to rule out something else that can't be um, done with, with, you know, sim- simple physical exam or to just simply confirm what it is. Like, you know, I, I, when we've had the orthopedic surgeons on the show prior, you know, they could see a patient and, and talk to them and do a couple of tests and say, yeah, I'm, you know, pretty confident this is a meniscal tear. I'm going to send you for an MRI. They, they send for the MRI, um, not because they're trying to determine, well, am I right or am I wrong? It's really about, well, if I'm going to go in there from a surgical perspective, I want to know what it looks like before I go in. And, and that way, at least I can see some stuff in advance. So it's different than it's not, they're not doing it to get the diagnosis as much as they are to get the specifics of the diagnosis in a way. Um, and so that's the reality. There's this reliance. And the other big thing is people, you know, and, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for family doctors uh, because what they do is very, very difficult. They have to know a little bit about everything in health. Um, yep. So it's a, t- it's a tough job. It's not easy. And, you know, one of the issues that happens, though, is because this type of stuff, so take the example of low back pain, um, you know, it's, it's one of the hardest things actually to treat because, you know, so many people never actually get better from it, um, as you know, as I speak about all the time. And so, you know, the, the doctor oftentimes because they're sort of like, well, what else can I really do? Like this person, you know, they've recommended them to go to therapy and the people, people don't go uh, and, and that's a big issue. And so they're not getting any better. And so they say, well, I'll send you for an x-ray, right? Um, you know, thinking that that'll make and the patients often want that. And then the x-ray comes back and, you know, you'll see a bunch of what we call incidental findings, things that, you know, sound scary because everything in medicine sounds scary. But at the end of the day is oftentimes, you know, a variation of normal, call it. Um, and but then, you know, because maybe the, the, the family doctor who, again, is not a specialist in that area sees these things and says, well, I guess that's the cause of your pain. And then people walk away saying, you know, we get tons of people that come in saying, yeah, you know, I, I've got back pain, but my doctor told me it's, it's degenerative disc disease. You know, I've got degenerative disc disease. That's, you know, you hear that tons of times a day. Um, and the reality is that it's probably not the case for your low back pain. There's no, the scientific evidence says it's a coin toss, right? Like you, you can have a hundred people that have low back pain and then you can x-ray them and we know that 50% of them will have degenerative disc disease but it won't be the same 50% that have pain it actually doesn't line up so it's a coin toss you may have low back pain and you might also have degenerative disc disease but you're just as likely to not have degenerative disc disease and you might have degenerative disc disease and have no pain whatsoever so so it doesn't really add up. And that's why the physical exam and the clinical examination by someone who specializes in this area is so much more valuable than those low-level low level imaging techniques. And there's a ton of guidelines out there that we follow on when we really think imaging may or may not be necessary. And yeah, John, you're absolutely right. Tons of patients, tons of people out there want that because they think because it's technology, it must be better than the individual. But 
not in this case. A lot of the times it's not in this case. And, and believe me, any health professional that thinks that imaging is warranted for something will we'll absolutely send for it. That, that it's not like we try not to. We just try not to use it when it's not going to provide any more clinical information than we already have. Uh, because a lot of these things, you know, the example of an x-ray has radiation. So if we can mitigate the exposure to radiation and we know that it's not going to give us much more information, well, why expose the patient to that, that radiation if not necessary? We have a few minutes to go, so that'll give you some time to grab a phone now. Rachel, uh, close to the top of the hour is is the time you got to make that phone call, 416-870-6400. Reminder that uh, the Lou Down long-form podcast is available for you wherever you get your favorite podcast. The Lou Down is how you do that. And reaching out to Dr. Lou any other time, pinpointhealth.ca. We'll take a short break. Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. 1148, welcome back. Indeed, 416-870-6400, the number to call for the remainder of the hour. Alan, thanks for taking some time. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, sir. What, uh, what's bothering you? Uh, well, it's not me. It's my wife. Um, she has this pain in her um, finger. Like, she'll go to open the car door, and she'll get this stabbing pain, and it... Uh, it's gotten worse over the last couple of years, and it's like she'll, she'll have to sit there and, uh, for like a minute while the stabbing pain goes through her finger. And we're trying to figure out, you know, what the heck it could be. And we're finding now that it's getting progressively worse, like there's more things that are affecting it. Any idea what she should do? or um, is, it, is it in one particular finger? It is. And, and which finger? Her middle finger right there. Her middle finger. And yeah. um, how old is she? 58. 58. And did she do anything where she used her fingers a lot for work throughout her life, like whether it was typing, sewing, I don't know, whatever? Well, she's a programmer, so she uses it. That's like her mouse hand. Right, yeah. Yeah, so this is one of those times when I was just talking about how arthritis often isn't the cause of pain. Uh, but in these instances, when we're dealing with smaller joints with hands, it could very much be that. Has, does the joint in that finger look bigger to you guys than, than it used to? Like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that that's that's definitely that definitely sounds like it's the arthritic process that's happening, and the sharp pain is often, you know, it could be like the bone on bone contact, depending on movement. Uh, a lot of, um, especially females as they get older, uh, that have used their hands a lot throughout their life for whatever work it was that they were doing, seem seem to get this. Um, uh, but yeah, that that's a. That's a tougher one, right? There, I, this is where I would definitely start with an x-ray, right? Because I'd want to see, well, how bad is it in comparison to the other fingers? Um, okay. If it's not worse than the other fingers, then that brings me back to the drawing board where I say, well, if it's not as bad, if it's, not, if it's equal to the other fingers in terms of what we see on the imaging, why, does this one, is, why is this one the only one with pain? Or what you may very well see is, okay, yes, that one is far worse from a degenerative standpoint than everything else. And then that sort of tells you that's the issue. Um, and then it really, that becomes a management issue if, if that's the case. There's not a lot that can be done, but I would say um, this is where I would actually say starting with an x-ray is not a bad idea of both okay, hands. So it's a management thing. So you don't think this is something that could be corrected. It's, it's, it's probably- No, anything that is arthritic um, is never, 
necessarily correctable. I mean, there's some surgical things that may may reverse some of the changes, but it, it, degeneration is a progressive process that happens, you know, from the minute we reach skeletal maturity. We just, our skeletons break down. Um, and so, yeah, there's not a lot that can be done to reverse it. It's, it'll mainly be uh, management of it. Yeah, she just pops a leave every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. probably it helps with with any inflammation. It does. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. I just thought I'd ask. My pleasure. Awesome, Alan. Appreciate the call and your time as well. You want to reach out any other time to Doctor Lou? You can one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. And the clinics are open, by the way, Doctor Lou, so people don't have to worry about uh, you know seeking help because you guys are there, full protocol in play. But you always have been, and you're always expanding as well as things start to get back to a, a little more normalcy. Looking forward to uh, people coming back and in, in, you know in throngs to the clinics and getting some help, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, we've we've pretty much been going. Um, throughout all of this, in the beginning, the first initial lockdowns, we were sort of limited to acute and emergency care. And, and any, anyone that had more chronic issues, we were trying to do a lot of virtual stuff. But ever since, you know, it was actually about June this time last year, I think, where we went back to, to normal care. And um, obviously, with all of the, you know, precautions that you can think of in place, um, anybody that's ever interested in knowing what those are, visit pinpointhealth.ca. Um, it's all there. I think everyone is sort of used to seeing this everywhere now anyway, so I don't think it's really uh, all that unique. Uh, but, you know, we've obviously upped our, our sanitization. The one thing that I always said was we were in healthcare, so we always sort of paid attention to this stuff yeah. about sanitization and safety. But, um, you know, we've gone even further. And, yeah, the team is providing the care that people need. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed uh, throughout the last year, I guess, at this point, is that when it came to musculoskeletal health and, and people were calling, you know, say their, their family doctors and stuff, and, 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 you know, they were sort of being told, okay, not serious enough to be seen in an office uh, because it's not more emergent or whatever. Um, and people have just sort of flocked to our clinics because they feel like it's a place where, you know, I think people realize when it comes to these things, there's a, a huge benefit to, to interacting directly with the professional, right? Like if you've got an issue, you sort of want someone to say, like, you know, my shoulder hurts. And, and I think most people inherently say, like, well, are you going to touch my shoulder to see what you think? Like, and, and that is really important um, that, you know, the, the testing happened uh, and, and that you could put your hands on somebody to actually move the area around, poke and prod in different areas and, and tr- try to determine the anatomical structures that, that are uh, potentially affected. So, uh, yeah, we, we've been doing that. Uh, my team is amazing. I thank them uh, for doing what they've done over the last year, working as hard as they have uh, in order to, again, keep serving the communities that we are in. Got to, uh, got to, you know, wrap it up here in about three or uh, three minutes or so. But um, in that regard, have you started noticing these seasonal injuries? I mean, now we're really starting to get to some heat in summertime. I mean, things people should be looking out for, or has anything come through your door that regularly does um, during summertime? Yeah, I, I would just say this time, like all transition periods in, in, you know, the climates that we live, we go from doing certain activities to different activities because of the change in climate. And, and I guess what I've sort of tried to uh, promote over these years, and we talked about it in the last few weeks throughout spring, um, is just really, you know, m- gauge it, right? Like go slowly, anything that you're getting back into, go slowly if you're feeling something yeah you know get get back into it in terms of 
things that we see more often. I would say that more people during these times start getting back outside with running. So, so knee issues uh, tend to be something that is happening. People start to do a lot of work. Uh, around the house, so low back pain type of things, uh, shoulder issues, all of the same. You know, there's only so many joints in the body, and, and <laughs> different and and different things can all lead to different problems and different joints. So, um, yeah, I would just say as you transition into these new activities, do it in a way that's slow and progressive. And if you're feeling anything, get it checked out sooner rather than later. That you know, if there's ever one thing that I say that I'm the that I try to get across the most is acute is always easier to treat than chronic. So deal with things in the acute phase. There you go. Done for another week. Reach out to Dr. Liu and a member of his team across the clinics, pinpointhealth.ca, info at pinpointhealth.ca. The uh, podcast available as well, the Lou down and the phone number one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. Just that simple. We'll catch you again. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.